Welcome to the Ashram Podcast, made possible by the American Society for Healthcare Risk Management to support efforts to advance safe and trusted healthcare through enterprise risk management. You can visit ashram.org, that's A-S-H-R-M dot org slash membership to learn more and to become an Ashram member. I'm Bill Klaproth. So on this podcast, we're going to talk about strategies you can use to improve operational effectiveness, stay abreast of changing regulation, and maintain compliance in a dynamic healthcare environment. So let's learn more with Rebecca Edelman, founder of Edelman Law Firm and Claims Management. Rebecca, thank you so much for your time. It is great to talk with you. I love talking to interesting people to hear what they do, especially when it comes to risk management. So let's jump right into this. Can you share with us some strategies providers can employ to improve operational effectiveness, stay abreast of changing regulation, and maintain compliance in a dynamic healthcare environment? Bill, I appreciate you asking, and thanks so much for having me here. So this idea of like a whole ecosystem in healthcare and the changing framework and environment, critical to offering transformational change in the industry, just really understanding that there are changing regulations, there are a culture of compliance that we need to engage in. So I think to really employ a team approach, enterprise risk management approach with sort of the principles associated with multidisciplinary accountability and organizational readiness and really promoting a positive organizational culture are some of the key strategies to improving operational effectiveness. And of course, it always it starts from the top down. And I think that high level of empathic and leadership is really important now more than ever. So Rebecca, how can healthcare providers assess risk to manage its risk profile, minimize exposure, and better navigate the current litigation landscape? To manage our own risk profile in healthcare, it's much like we manage our own selves, right? Just a high level of self-awareness or a high level of organizational awareness of risks that are associated with the focus and the direction of the company and then the services that we're providing. So when I'm working with our healthcare provider clients, one of the first initiatives we undertake is our own self-assessment, sort of led by the questions of, what are the key pain points for the organization? What are the organization's vulnerabilities? And so the key to, I think, really managing a risk profile, minimizing exposure, is to understand where it lies, that there are a multitude of different kinds of risks and not just the traditional risks we know of that have already been losses already created, but emerging risks and smoldering risks are the ones that I call them, ones that exist in the organization that we can uncover through assessing our own vulnerabilities. So I think that's the beginning of it, is to really navigate through a litigation landscape is to take a look at have the organization identify what they believe their key vulnerabilities are. And they show up in all places. Could be employment, could be relationships with families, expectations management, could be organizational, could be leadership, and then really could be clinical. Yeah, all kinds of landmines, if you will, out there. So you said a high level of self-awareness or high level of organizational awareness. So it sounds like almost do a self-audit mm-hmm. and see where there's problem areas. In a very strategic, intentional way, I think that's important. The assessment, our own sort of vulnerability evaluation on risk originates not from counterpunching or from evaluating loss history, 
but to really take a, a deep dive into the organization and take a look at its structure, take a look at its protocols and policies, and sort of uncover and reveal risks in that way. So strategically look at potentially where you are at risk, really take a look at all of that. So let me ask you this question then. So how can transformational leadership be used to address the staffing crisis, which we're going through right now, and certainly the pandemic has certainly created a lot of problems? And and then how do you deal with moral injury and burnout and those types of things? These are really the key questions in our culture around our healthcare providers. This term moral injury, and when I talk to our organizations about staff burnout, about recruitment initiatives, retention initiatives, you know, how can we retain good care team members? What can we offer them? How can we empower them really is the bigger conversation. We have to first understand that what we are experiencing, what healthcare providers are experiencing is beyond burnout and is really more classified as the moral injury when we're considering this idea of post-traumatic stress disorder. That was the term moral injury was born from PTSD. So when you're talking about moral distress, referring to psychological, behavioral, social, spiritual distress, that's what our healthcare providers are experiencing who are performing healthcare and engaged in healthcare responsibilities and being exposed. So understanding that and then transformational leadership to really understand that this is not a quick fix and acknowledging and assessing the problem and really trying to harness the power of leadership and then implementing some real targeted interventions and sort of transitioning away from generalities regarding burnout and instead really focusing on like implementing, identifying really, and developing sort of local work interventions. And so I think when you're cultivating your community at work and I guess using rewards and incentives wisely, these are some of the things we talk about, but what do those look like? And then aligning your values and strengthening your culture with your teams, understanding your organization's mission statement and how does that translate to your staff your local leadership, and using what you already have as leaders and your value sets to promote that sort of work-life integration that our staff needs. So again, I think transformational leadership sort of starts with assessing the problem and then really understanding that the problem isn't really just about burnout. It's a bigger problem than that. And it really is about a transformational change in empowerment of staff. Right. You called it a level above burnout. Yeah. Yeah, that is very serious. And you said transformational leadership. It's not a quick fix. And again, going back and assessing where you're at and understanding the problems, understanding your staff, understanding what your mission statement is. So that's all really good stuff, Rebecca. So thank you for that. Shifting gears a little bit. Of course, we hear enterprise risk management all the time. I'm just curious, what's your definition of enterprise risk management, your perspective of that and where we're at? I like talking about enterprise risk management. And what you'll always hear me say when I'm working in healthcare risk management is that risk and risk management is everyone's responsibility, everybody. This idea of enterprise risk management and holding folks accountable at all levels for really understanding the role that they play in assessing risk, proactive approach, approaches to risk management. So 
in answer to the question, like who plays a role in risk management in this model is that the short answer is everyone. Okay. Operational, the business of healthcare and our operational leadership, right? Clinical and patient safety organizations within our risk managers, our financial departments, our workforce, folks in our legal and our regulatory departments, our technology teams, all of these individuals and then collectively their teams play a role in risk management. And enterprise risk management is really not just about responding to risk. It's a real paradigm shift in how an organization manages risks and also opportunities. It isn't always about risk. It's uncovering opportunities that might exist within the organization. So I think that's important to be considering promoting positive organizational culture. That's part of enterprise risk management. Yeah, risk and risk management is everyone's responsibility. So when we talk about proactivity and transformative risk strategies, you've been talking about we really need to be aware of everything around us. Is that the proactive part of it, is looking ahead, looking into the future, seeing where we are vulnerable? Is that the proactive part of this? Yeah, I think the proactive part of it is the first step in understanding what proactive approaches and strategies we can undertake and what's going to be the best for patient safety and the delivery of quality of care, that's self-assessment. What does the organization think its weaknesses are, right? Where does risk keep showing up? And again, it can show up in all sorts of different places throughout the organization. Could be policies, could be employment, could be relationships amongst employees, etc. I think the proactive approach, the idea of proactivity is to design risk management programs that then sort of address these risks before they occur. If you could imagine, Bill, like a continuum of risk, right? So zero is no risk, right? Absence of risk. And 10 is absolute risk. The idea is risks show up in your organization along that continuum, right? When they get to a 10 and you have a loss, your opportunity for proactivity is evaporated. It's gone. There is no proactivity to take, right? So the idea is in your vulnerabilities assessment and when you're looking at your organization from an enterprise risk management perspective, you are trying to find those risks where you can be in the ones and twos. That's where the real proactivity is, right? Is developing strategies to keep that risk managed, right? Whether that's managing relationships with patients, managing your teams, managing policies, procedures, leadership issues, whatever it might be. But proactivity happens when risk is about a one or a two, right? I call them emerging risks. So there we can start to look ahead and say to ourselves, well, in the past when this particular risk developed into a 10, what worked and what didn't work as a collective? What kinds of strategies can we initiate that are going to sort of take into consideration all the stakeholders in this risk ecosystem. And I think that's where proactivity lies. Like when you're at a 10, you're reactive. When you're at a zero, no one's at a zero, right? If you're at a zero, you'd need to look deeper. Yeah, right. (laughs) You need to look harder, right? Keep going. Yeah, exactly. Keep going. So if you're in that one or two, the proactivity is between two and seven, right? It's, It's somewhere creating new systems, that become then part of your culture of safety, become 
part of your culture of compliance. So I think that that's where I think proactivity lies. And it looks different to every organization, right? Right. And that brings up a good point about it's different in every organization. How do we do this? You've talked about so many different kinds of risks that we need to be aware of and strategize for. This sounds like it's bigger than, hey, we're going to get a group of five people together and, and whiteboard this in the office and just try to figure out where we're vulnerable and come up with strategies. It seems like you need a higher level of expertise to really cover the ground when it comes to risk management in this way. So what do we do? The short answer is you just need to call me and we'll do a vulnerability assessment for you. Bam. <laughs> Bam. I say that tongue in cheek, but I really mean that. There are risk management consultants and folks who are in healthcare to help guide you with certain tools. Our firm really designed something called the vulnerabilities assessment. It's an assessment. It looks at all parts of, now keep in mind, right, I'm a lawyer, right? So my firm usually shows up when there's a 10, okay? That's where I come in. Smoldering. Well, no, that's a full-blown risk, number 10, 9 and 10. That's something's on fire. Okay, got it. The smoldering risk is sort of like threes and fours. It's over there, and it's going to happen unless you take a look at it. Oh, it's going to catch fire. It's going to catch fire. Got it. Okay. So when I see things on my law firm side, they're already a risk. There's been an injury. There's been an event that's occurred, and I am managing a loss. I'm managing a nine and a ten, right? So we're in the reactivity state. When we're talking about how do we evaluate sort of the smoldering risks or the emerging risks, you've got to sort of take apart your operations. And from my perspective, since I've shown up at the tens, I know what they look like. I know what inadequate falls programs look like. I know what patient safety incident investigation that's gone wrong looks like, right? So by having the benefit of seeing the tens and the nines and the eights, we're able to advise on how to keep things in the ones and twos and threes, right? Sort of learning from history and never letting a good, here's what I always say, don't ever let a good crisis go to waste. That's an important part of risk management. If you do have a crisis and you do have a 10, you have to deal with it, you have to manage it, and you may even have to suffer some financial losses around it, but don't let it go to waste. Take it back into your organization and figure out what happened so it doesn't happen again. That is the definition of proactive risk mitigation. Absolutely. Wow. That is uh, that is really good because it, it sounds like it's more than just, hey, let's get the team together and write this stuff down. You need people that have dealt with this and really understands the ins and outs of risk management when it comes to putting a list like this together. Rebecca, this has really been fun. Thank you for talking to us today. Is there anything else you want to add about this? No, Bill, I'd so enjoy sharing thought leadership around this and exploring ways we can improve quality and improve our environment so we're also addressing happy team members and satisfying environments and at the same time delivering quality of care. It's just a topic I love to talk about. So thank you for having me here. Absolutely. And thank you again. This has uh, really been informative and interesting. Thank you again, Rebecca. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet, Bill. 
And once again, that's Rebecca Edelman, founder of Edelman Law Firm and Claims Management. The Ashram podcast was made possible by the American Society for Healthcare Risk Management to support efforts to advance safe and trusted healthcare through enterprise risk management. You can visit ashram.org, that's A-S-H-R-M dot org slash membership to learn more and to become an Ashram member. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.